I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. We're going to get right into reading of the word, Philippians 4, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 9. If you have your Bibles or your tablets or your computers, or if you don't have any of that, we've got that. What did we do 30 years ago when we didn't have that? What did we do 30 years ago when we didn't have bi- uh, phones? Carried, carried our Bible, didn't we? Yeah. Kind of old school. My granddad, he said, don't ever go to the podium without a Bible. And even though I got the Bible on my tablet, I still take my Bible. It's just a, something I like to do. There's nothing like holding the Bible. There's nothing like it. Not that there's anything wrong with a tablet or whatever, but I just like having it. But Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That scripture right there, verse 8, is so relevant for today. How many of you know that whatever you think will eventually come out? Mind is a battleground. And every, every battle that you'll ever fight, it starts and ends in the mind. You can be, you can be locked in the deep, deepest dark dungeon, chained to a prison wall, but if your mind's right, you can be set free. Paul and Silas were chained to a wall, beaten beyond all recognition, and they, they was on a, in a prison wall, and they began to worship God. How in the world is that possible? It's because they, their minds were right. Verse 9, verse 9 is... is what I'm really going to go on with and, and talk about. It says, those things which ye have both learned and received, whatever's been passed down, whatever you've learned, whatever you received, and whatever you've heard and seen in me. Paul's telling uh, the Philippian church, whatever you've seen in, in me, he said, do it. And God of peace shall be with you. What he was saying was, I have used my influence to direct your life. And uh, there are people, men and women of God, in our lives. I know that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. We're to look at him. He, and we should pattern our lives after them. But there are people in our life that can influence us. And I will talk to, tonight about the power of influence How many of you want to be an influencer? I I don't know about you, but I want people I want people to look at me and say, I I want to be like him. Now, there's times that I make decisions that I don't want people to be like me. Now, I got the microphone. I just heard my godmother nail laugh. It's her first service back. And I'm already, look, I'm going to preach to her tonight. This whole message is for her. So, amen. I want to be an influence. I want to be a better influence. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I uh, recently un- had the unfortunate uh, 
chance, bittersweet actually, to preach my neighbor's funeral. About It was about five months ago, he came, uh, maybe not even that long, four months ago, he came to my door. And uh, Tyler came and got me and said, Dad, there's some stranger at the door. I said, don't open the door. And I got there. It was Dave Jenkins that lived down the road. And he had a pad of paper, clipboard, and he had a pencil or a pen in his hand. And uh, when I looked at him, I thought, man, he, he doesn't look very well. But I didn't say anything. I, I said, what can I do for you, Dave? And he said, well, sir. He said that I am been working tirelessly and endless hours trying to get people to sign this paper. And he said, I got a few more signatures to get. He had had bunches of signatures and dates when they had signed. He said, we're trying to get natural gas down our road so we don't have to have these tanks anymore and pay all this big money. He said, I'm so excited about that. I said, man, that's a great thing. And I said, give me that pen and I'll sign it. I'm excited about that. Anytime I get to save money, that's a good thing. Right, Brother Krause? And so I signed it and we talked a little bit. And he went on his way. And about a month later, his wife came to the door and Leslie came and got me and said, Dave Jenkins' wife is out here and she was in tears. And she said, I... I, I would like you to do me a favor, uh, Adam. She said, I know you're a pastor and you believe in faith and you have faith. Would you please come down and pray for my husband? I said, what's going on? And she said, well, the doctor has given him uh, a week to a month to live. And I, I'm going to ask you to come and I want you to pray with him. I said, I'll, I'll be down there in a few hours. I said, I don't have much to do today. So I, I got ready and I went down there and I sat with him and prayed with him. And periodically I would go down to Dave's house and I would sit and pray and we would talk. We would talk about golf and talk about hunting and talk about his children. And for a few months he lived. He lived longer than what um, I, I thought he would. Anyway, as time passed, uh, uh, I ended up going the night that he passed away. I went down to their house and his whole family was there. I went down and I comforted the family. I prayed for the whole family and sat and talked with, with, with his wife. And I prayed for Dave. He was in a, a seduced coma. And that night he died. And I did his funeral a few weeks ago. And a couple days ago, I was driving around and I, something hit me about the chain of events that happened, Dad. And that was... Why did he take the time to go around and get the signatures from all these people? Because he would, he had already gotten the doctor's report that said, Dave, you will not live for three or four months. And he took the time to get all those signatures and it hit me. You'll never, you'll never Feel the heat that comes out of your furnace of all that work that you did to get the signatures to provide that heat that come out of your furnace. So why do it? And it hit me. It's because 
He was not selfish. And I was reminded of a Greek proverb that I had heard when I was younger in school. And I had remembered half of it. And I went back and I googled it. And I looked it up. And that is, the, the, the proverb is, society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they will never sit in under. Visionaries, men or women, that understand that this thing is not about us. And Dave, it's the same thing with Dave. Dave had a vision. He understood that he would not get to enjoy that furnace. But his wife would. And his children would come after he died and that he would pass that down. That is somebody that is a true visionary. Somebody that has influence. Somebody that says, you know what? This thing, life, is greater than me. And he took the time to do that. And I wish to God that this generation would understand that the church is not about us. But if we would learn to be a great influence. I may not be here tomorrow. I may not be here tomorrow. I'm not promised tomorrow. Uh, Jason was here Wednesday and he's not here tonight. I may not be here tomorrow, but I would would love to know that I had influenced my children, my family, to the point that without me, that they would be pointed to Jesus and they would love the church without me. And they would love the things of God without me. And they would know how to pray without me. And this is the question I'm asking you today. Fathers, mothers, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, if you were gone today, if you breathed your last breath, the ones that looked at you, the ones that think you are their hero, would they walk to the direction of Jesus Christ? I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart that Jesus made the statement about John the Baptist. He said, I have not seen such a great man. There's not a man that's ever born of a woman that's greater than John the Baptist. Matter of fact, John had never done a, uh, performed a miracle. He never walked on water like Peter did. He never healed a blinded eye. There's no, there's no account where he ever, ever did any miracle. He never healed the blinded eye, never prayed for the lame and they rose up. They never, he never prayed for the deaf and they heard again. There's never any miracle. And I thought, where in the world, what platform could Jesus stand on to say, uh, that John was the greatest. And I find the answer. And I've mentioned this before. But I found the answer. Uh, it wasn't what John said. It was the answers what John didn't say when they said, Who are you, John? What are you? Are you the prophet? He said, No. Are you Isaiah? No. Are you the Messiah, John? No. Then who are you? John makes a statement. He said, I... And a voice of the 
the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What's your name? I, I, he never mentioned it. There's no account where he said, my name is John. And it tell, I was always wondering how Jesus got that. Why would you say he's the greatest? And the answer is when they didn't. Or when he, when they asked him his name, he never revealed his true identity. But the message he preached was greater than John's identity. And that's why Jesus had the ability to say, he's the greatest. Because his influence was greater than his identity. And if we as the people of God could ever understand that, uh, it's not a, about us. But this is about Jesus. And if we would live our life like Jesus intended us to live, then we would pass on the great influence that he wanted us to. The greatest men in, men in my life were not rich people. The greatest women in my life were not rich women. But I will tell you this. Matter of fact, I'll go on and say this. They didn't even have a great education. Uh, most of them didn't finish high school. Most of them don't have college degrees. Uh, they, they're not rich. They're not wealthy. They don't have great names in their community. They're not popular. They're not famous. But I will tell you this, that the way they lived their life was dedicated and consecrated before Jesus Christ. And I said, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be like. Most people, men like Billy Cole, died poor. Nona Freeman died poor. These people had great influences because they lived their life. People recognized that. And uh, some of the greatest, some of the greatest musicians in the world, their influence. I I, I like music. I like guitars, and I, I listen. Some of the great guitar players that that's noted. That you would recognize their name like B.B. King or Jimi Hendrix or uh, Eric Clapton or men like uh, Roy Clark or Chet Atkins. Or great guitar players like Vince Gill. Most of them would say that they were influenced by people that nobody ever heard about. You never heard of Jack Pearson. Anybody ever hear of Jack Pearson? Jack Pearson, you won't hear of him because he, he plays a $99 guitar on stage with a guy named Joe Bonamassa that plays a $800,000 less, 59 less Paul. But if you ask Joe Bonamassa, which is considered amongst uh, the, the pop culture, who's the greatest guitar player in the world, most of them will tell you Joe Bonamassa. But if you ask Joe Bonamassa and all the guitar players and musicians in Nashville, who's the greatest guitar player, they'll tell you Jack Pearson. And he's real humble. He's a no-name. But his influence has impacted so many people. You're not going to see him. You're not going to buy his CDs. He's not a millionaire. He lives in an old uh, ran-down home in Nashville, Tennessee that hardly anybody knows. But he is an influencer. And he's made these men look after them. They want to play the guitar like them. And that could be any in any... Uh, genre, whatever, music or any other aspect in life, most of your great influencers are people that you won't know. 
And here, here's why. Because great influencers are nine times out of ten. They carry one attribute, and that is this. They're humble. They don't gloat. They don't care about the limelight. They're always on the outskirts of stardom. The people that that are, uh, want to be something, they strive to be something. They want their name out. The sad reality is usually they go down in, in just uh, memories or has been. But influencers uh, continue to live on and on. And 2 Timothy 1 and 5 says, Paul is, is telling Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, that I see in you, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and then in your mother Eunice. Notice it was passed down. He said, I am persuaded that in, it's in thee also. In this section of scripture, Paul, he's reminded of the faith that dwelt in Timothy's grandmother Lois and Timothy's mother Eunice. And Paul believes it was because of their faith or their influence that, that Timothy was anything great. But you don't hear about Lois, and you don't hear about Eunice. You'll read over him, but we talk about Timothy because he's in the limelight. He wrote First and Second Timothy. He's the one that Paul found after Paul stoned outside of Lystra and finds him, and he gets the pat on the back. But the great men and women of God usually are people that are influencers. Some of the greatest men and women of God that I've ever known come, come out of this church. But you'll, you, not very many people know them. We do. Shirley Dean. Christina Kaufman. Ruthie Smith. On and on. Name some more. Who? Brother Herman. Who else? Somebody else. Sister Fry, Sister Roby, this keeps going on and on. The people don't know them outside this world, but these people were world changers. I guarantee most of you can tell stories, amazing stories, how they spoke into your life and shaped your life and said encouraging things to you. When you in your life, you thought you, you thought there was no way that you could even make it to tomorrow. But you can think back of men and women, great men and women of God. Their names will never be on camp meeting signs, but they were influencers. It's because they carried the 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 the, the Characteristics of humility. If you ever want to be a, uh, an influencer, you gotta first find the spirit of humility. Find the spirit of humility. And we can't. Well, one thing we, when we talk about humility, there's something else we gotta talk about. Well, we gotta drop the spirit of pride. But if we want it, we gotta understand humility. We can't. We gotta be very careful. When we talk about humility, because there's something that's very dangerous when we talk about humility. Humility and inferiority resembles one another. Matter of fact, they feel like one another and they look like one another. Inferiority, insecurity is a very dangerous thing. The enemy can make you feel inferior and he can talk you into believing that is humility. This is insecurity. God says that Moses, I want you to tell my people. I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He says, I can't talk right. That was insecurity. That was not humility. 
And sadly, humility or an insecurity would have kept him from doing the will of God. Matter of fact, it really did keep him from doing what God really wanted him to do. Because remember, God didn't argue with him when he said, I can't do it. God said, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time and argue. My people need to be set free. We'll let your brother do it. I wonder how many blessings, and I wonder if that was the beginning of why Moses didn't get to enter the promised land. Now, I mean, I know he hit the rock, and he didn't just speak to it. I know there was other things, but he, it started out that way, and, and that was a spirit of insecurity. But if he would have said, you know what, God, I know I can't talk right, and I know I'm not that great. I know I may not be the most qualified, but you're with me, and I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That, that's humility. And so, if you want to be an influencer, you've got to carry the, the spirit of humility. The greatest attribute is somebody that carries the spirit of humility. Why? Because what's attached to the spirit of humility is the spirit of servanthood. Oh, I'm going to hear. Can I preach? Can I pastor just for a minute? Is it right? Okay, okay, you asked for it. Spirit of, of, of servanthood. The spirit that says, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill the role in the kingdom of God, regardless what it is. And I'll set my attitude aside, and it, not my will, but thine be done. The same spirit that Jesus displayed on the cross. That was why he said that, by the way, because it was the perfect example of humility. The God of this world, talk about meekness, power under control. He could have called 10,000 angels, could have called legions of angels, and, and, and took out every, every uh, enemy that anybody that spit in his face and, and called him names and ridiculed him and lied on him. He could have revealed the truth in front of everybody on a big screen and showed that everybody was a liar. But he controlled it. That was the spirit of humility that said, I could kill you, but I'm not going to kill you. That's a spirit of an influencer. And he hang on the cross. People say, well, he was defeated and he, he showed weakness. No, him keeping his mouth shut when, the, when he said not a word after they lied. That was a spirit of humility. You want to be a great influencer. You show the spirit of humility. The spirit of meekness. And that's hard. That's hard for us guys. Men, women, women can, can do that. I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not going to be very politically correct. I'm, I'm not saying that women are weaker. I'm just, uh, what I'm saying is women have the, 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 the more of an ability to be, to be meek. I'm complimenting you ladies. I expect a Starbucks card at the end. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and us men, we, 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 we want to rise up and say, no, I'm not doing that. You're, you're, you're not, nobody, no man's telling me what to do or I'm not listening to that. You're not going to be much of an influencer. You want your sons and your daughters to go against authority? Dad, you go against authority. That sons and daughters, you want your children to be to be meek in the in the Holy Ghost and 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 and, and respect the men and women of God in their life. You respect the men and women of God in your life and your children will do the same thing. 
influencers. But if you, here's the thing. You can't be an influencer if you carry the spirit of pride. I'll tell you why. Here's the reason. Because you, can, you can't pour out something that's not been poured into you. And you can't be poured into if you're full of pride. And men and women that are full of pride shut themselves off from, from other influencers. Because people that are full of themselves and full of pride, they think they have it all together. You can't tell them anything. They already have all the answers. I already know that scripture. You can't tell me anything. And that is why you can't be an influencer. Because if you can't be poured into, you can't pour into somebody else. So don't expect to be a leader if you can't ever be a follower. Look, I'm sorry. I only, I only, I know music a little bit, but I, I, I just give examples. And if you don't, I just give guitar examples. There was a guy, and you're going to know it. I know you're going to know who this is. And Brother Lance Krause will probably know who this is. Let's see, I know Chris is going to know who this is. Just a few guys. They're Randy Rhodes, one of the greatest rock guitar players that ever lived. He's this amazing, amazing guitar player. Let's forget the genre and you say, well, you're going to listen to rock. I just appreciate the guitar playing, okay? He's one of the greatest rock guitar players. He was killed um, or died, uh, died of a drug overdose, but he was one of the greatest that ever lived. He lived a very short life. Anyway, he was amazing. Any given moment, the reason why he was so great is because somebody would say, where's Randy at? He's playing for Ozzy Osbourne, this guy named Ozzy Osbourne. Crazy guy. But he was a great guitar player. And if you asked, it was again, he was amongst the greatest. Someone would say, where's Randy at today? Oh, he's getting guitar lessons. I saw an interview where he, he, he got guitar lessons. Guitar lessons from old men that lived in the town, neighboring town, that he was going to pack out a stadium of a hundred and something thousand people. Randy Rhodes was in the newspaper looking for ads to get new, to get guitar lessons. That's the equivalent of Whitney Houston finding somebody to get voice lessons when she goes to do a concert. She's going to find some little no-name person to give them guitar lessons. And they asked him, they said, why do you go? You're the greatest guitar player in the world. He goes, first of all, no, I'm not. That was a, that was a, 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 a sign of humility. He said, no, I'm not. There's others so much better than me. But he said, you know why I'm as good as I am? He said, because I don't shut myself out to outside sources. He said, I don't assume that I know more than that guy. He said, there's something that he knows that I don't. And if I can pick up something from him, then I can go on stage. And that's why he shined. Sorry, that's that's the only thing I understand. I know I understand guitars. And so he influenced a whole world full of people on his guitar. But you know where he got it? From no-namers. Because he was 
humble enough to say, you know what, I don't know everything. And that's the way it is in the world. It's the way it is in church. Men like Jeff Arnold, men like Lee Stonking, they got people in their lives. They're influencers. And, and yeah, they're, they're the face of it. They're out preaching conferences. But you know what? They got little old ladies and little men in their church that nobody knows that walk up to them and say, thus saith the Lord. God said this. And they're saying, you know what? I need to listen. Influencers. And so, recognizes, an influencer first has to recognize that what they have given, been given, is not really their own. Everything I am, everything you'll ever be, has been given to you by God. You're a steward. The word of, the word for that in the Bible is called stewardship. Stewardship. The responsible, uh, the responsible uh, overseeing and protection of, of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Just as you manage your time and money, you also manage your influence. And God expects us, inspect, expects us to, to use our influence to help people. And, and uh, influence... Let me tell you what influence is. Influence is the capacity or power of persons of things to be compelling for a compelling, a compelling force on to produce or affect on actions or behavior or opinions of others. You can literally, because you're an influencer, you can alter somebody's life forever. Something you say can change the course of somebody's life forever. That's why it is so vital to understand the power that you as a man or woman of God have in your community. Yes, even amongst atheists that don't believe the God that you serve and the God that I serve. And regardless what you think or believe that you carry so much influence at your job. People that are that don't believe in God, whether they're agnostic, they don't know if there's a God or whether they say there's no God or they just rejected him. The first person that they are going to come to. When they are in trouble, when their child's sick or when their child got a bad report from the doctor or when their parent is dying, guess who they're going to come to? You. Because you have influence. They understand that you have a direct connection to God. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. This is, this is really hard because there's been times I haven't been a perfect example. I, I, you know, you get situations where you get angry, whether you're in traffic, whether you're dealing with I- idiots. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Knuckleheads. That's, the, that's my... Pentecost cuss word, okay? Knuckleheads. That's the nicest thing, I, a way I can say it. Knuckleheads, you get, you can lose your temper, whatever, but you can lose your witness. And it takes a long time to get influence. Positive influence. And it takes a, a, a second to lose it. And realizing that you do carry influence 
is is a very powerful thing. And another thing is very enlightening to know that you can make the wrong decision or say the wrong thing. To to make that person that looks at you change their mind about you and your God. I thought he was a. I thought he carried the love of Jesus. I thought she carried the love of Jesus. I don't want nothing to do with their church if that's the way they lack. Hey, I'm on. I'm gonna be honest. I've 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 gotten mad before and done things. Scream. Most time it's traffic. Why do we? Why, men? Why do we? I know it's some of you ladies, but why, men? Why is? Why do we get so angry behind the wheel? It's because we got to get there quicker, right? We got to beat them to the. We got to beat the person to the the store. We got to beat the person to Kroger. We got to get there. Don't you dare cut me off. You better not not turn your blinker on. Why in the world are you driving slow in the left lane? Wait, I what? That's not what I was. Saying. See, we know who gets mad. It starts revealing. The, we know who carries the influence here. But but my, our decisions and and the way we act and the way we talk and our actions, we can lose it really quick. And you know why there's people. Anybody go to work with with knuckleheads? Any of your homeschool kids, do you ever go to school with knuckleheads? <laughs> Natalie and Avery, do you, do you have knuckleheads at your school? Look, they're pointing at each other. That's a loaded question. You know why people, you know why people constantly try to get under your skin? They're wanting you to lose your influence. They do. They want you to lose your influence in front of people. And so we got to be very careful and know that whatever influence we have, any positive thing we have, it's of God. So when we make decisions, we better know that I'll just say it this way. And I'm, I'm, I got five minutes. I remember I was at I was at work at Hall Signs and I man, uh, I, I worked around some doofuses, had this one guy, man, he would always. Always wanted to push my buttons, man. One day he did. Anyway, he ended up he ended up punching me in the back. I mean, he drew back and he punched me right in the spine. Now, I'm gonna tell you. If I'm honest, I wanted to rip him and knock him out. I'm being very cautious what I say. But you know what the what I wanted to do? I wanted to knock him out. But you know the first thing I thought of? I didn't want no joke. I didn't hit him. I didn't I didn't say anything bad to him. The first thing I thought of is I didn't want to make our church look bad. Honest to God, just in case somebody ever thought about coming to our church, I didn't want to hit him. 
I didn't want him to lose. I, I didn't want him to. I didn't want to make Pastor Robertson look bad. That's the truth. Oh, I, I could have. I could have unleashed. I had right. I had a constitutional right. I may have been fired, but it was in the Constitution that I had it. I had a right to defend myself. Cops probably would have. He hit me first. But I didn't. And you know what? Let me, let me tell you. This is, that was 20 years ago. In the last year, that same guy found me on Facebook. And he asked me to pray for him. Twenty years later, he's because he, he understands that I carry influence, and he saw me. Can you imagine? I, again, I probably would have been in my right to just, but if I would have hit him, he wouldn't know where to look to find Jesus. I'm not bragging because I'm telling you what was in my heart and my mind to do was not of God. But simply I made a decision that I didn't want to lose that right influence. And that guy found me 20 years later on Facebook. And he was begging me to pray for him and pray for his children and pray for his family. Because I, ha- I influenced him some way. Matthew 5 and 13 says, ye are the salt of the earth. Now we're living in a world that's got a lot of, leaves a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouth. He said, you're the salt of the world, of the earth. But if, if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Let me tell you something about salt. Since we are the salt of the earth, salt is a complementary supplement. Leanne, it's salt shaker is just to, to sprinkle a little salt in your food to make it palatable. Did I say that word right? You ever went you ever went to a restaurant and I'm going to ask you if you did it. But if you ever went to a restaurant and you went to salt your food and some knucklehead took the salt pop off and poured it on and you put salt all over your food, runs it, doesn't it? Even if you like salt, because too much salt ruins it. You ever eaten someone's food? You go to somebody's house. Don't tell me who it is. But you go, good Lord, they need to salt their food. You can have too much salt and you can have not enough salt. And the point is, he said, we're the salt of the earth and we got to pray for wisdom. When to assert ourselves and when not to assert ourselves or how much to assert ourselves. And influence is a very, we have to carry wisdom with it. But that means that when, if we want to be a positive influence, we can't shove our gospel down people's throat. But on the other hand, we can't assume that they don't want to hear it. There's a lot of types of people in the church. We got people. We got people that are just, they, they want to be an influence. They, they're zealous and they want to get people in the church. And they're constantly telling people how to live. And, how, and, and they may be right, but people will shut you off. It's too much salt. And then you got people that won't even, they got a testimony out of this world. They got so much influence. They got so much anointing on them that they're silent to the people, to the outside world. Either way, you're no good to people. That we've got to pray that God help me to be the best influence I can be. Help me to be the right amount of God that they need in their life. 
I showed up at that at that that funeral today. I don't know how many Christians there were, but I think I was the only apostolic guy there. And I walked I walked in and, and Julie came up. She she was telling people, she said, this is my pastor. This is the man of God in my life. And she was telling people, you need to come to his church. I never, ever said anything to her. I never said, uh, you just need to be in church more often. Never said it to her. You should have your children in church more. Didn't say that to her. She knew I was trying to be an influence and try to try to be there for her. And, and she, she recognized that. Then there was one lady. Actually, there was one lady that, that used to come here. We baptized. And she said, I remember you. She said, you have a little less hair. But I remember you. She said, you baptized me in Jesus name. She said, it's odd that you're here. She said, I found the Bible that the church gave me. She said, I had lost it for years. And a few days ago, I found it. And all those scriptures, she said, I'll never forget some of your messages. You, I'll never. She said, I want to come back. Can I come back to the church? Well, let me, let me close here. If you want to be an influence. You've got to be, you've, you've got to make yourself available. That means sometimes you've got to open your mouth. Oh, there are lost and dying people that are hungry. They want this gospel. But you know what they need? They need somebody to walk up to them and, and, and give them a good word. You'd be surprised what would happen in your life if you would, if you was in the, in, in the, uh, Grocery store. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever walked in a grocery store and seen somebody you felt you just had complete compassion on? You just seen them. You felt compassion on them. There's something drew out to you. You ever felt that? That you felt like that they needed something from God. You felt that? You know what that means? Not just for you to pray for them. But you need to open your mouth and, 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 and ask God, you, God, you put the words in my mouth so I can be the right influence in their life. Most of the time, you can just say something very complimentary. I, I, I'm, I'm not great at a lot of things, but that one thing I do know, I, I, try, to, I try to be good at that. If I go into a place, uh, I'll, I'll find something good to say to them. I'll find something to talk about. You know, I'm going to say something here and you can think I'm crazy or not. I've accidentally bumped into people. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. I've accidentally bumped into people so I can say, excuse me, I'm sorry. I like your hat. Sir, thank you for, for, uh, for fighting for our country. Was you in the military? Yes, sir. I spent an hour in, in, in Babs one day to a guy that was, that was a uh, Navy, even the Navy, and he was a Navy SEAL, and he was one of the first Navy SEALs. He was in a wheelchair. And I, I, I found, I thought, man, I felt just so drawn to this guy, and I started talking to him. And he, no, he's never came to our church. But, man, I found time to tell him. First of all, I said, I want you to, I want you to know that we're thankful. There's still people out there that thank you for what your sacrifice for our country. And I want you to know something, man. Our church, McCormick's Creek, loves, uh, loves, uh, 
uh, elders and they, they, they need people like you. If we just had people like you in your church. You know what he told me? He said, you know what? He said, the older I get, the, the more worthless I feel. And he said, today you reminded me that I still have something to offer. I haven't seen him ever again, but if I do, I'm sure he's going to remember me because we had a long we had a long talk. But that's what I'm talking about. If we would learn to be influencers, we would build an apostolic church like we've never seen in the world. To be salt, they got to have a right amount. We got as we stand, this this was uh, I talked a little bit about everything, but. So winning, witnessing, so winning, it's, 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 uh, it is an art. The Bible says it, he that wins souls is wise. We talked about, uh, for us to be, uh, wise as serpents and harmless as, as doves. And it's one of my favorite scriptures. A lot of people don't really talk about that scripture and they really don't understand that scripture. But to win souls to, and, uh, to win people, uh, you you got to be smart. You got to be you got to be wise about it. Serpents, snakes. Nobody likes snakes. Snakes don't have the, the capability of chasing their prey down. So they got to be cunning. They got to be smart. But then, when they catch their prey, the Bible turns. They got to you got to change their character. Change your characteristics. He said, "All right, once you catch them, you got to be harmless as as doves." And so we've got, we've seen at Pentecost people, we try to clean, clean people up before they even come into the church. You're not going to hear that from us. You don't hear that from the preachers that stand in this. Well, you know what we believe. We believe in holiness and separation. But we don't have to beat people up, tell them what not to wear and what to wear. We let the Holy Ghost lead, guide, and direct them. And what they need... And I understand that we've got to teach our, we got to teach and that's a proper thing. But I, that's what I love about this church that our ladies, our men, you do extremely well. But one thing that the church across the board, I'm talking about all churches need to learn is to, is to unleash their influence and be a positive influence. And you'd be surprised what a positive word will mean to a lot of people. Amen. I want to win people, but we can't win people being negative, being hurtful, being malicious, that pushy. We need we need to be a good influence. And I'm thankful. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us. Lord, let's raise our hands and thank him. Lord, I praise you and I thank you. Lord, help us to understand the power behind our influence. Help us not to be selfish with all the, the good gifts and the talents that we've got. Lord, I pray that you would help us to to be generous to people. Help us to have a positive word to speak into somebody's life. Help us to be a great influence. Not for my glory, but for your kingdom and for your glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, we thank you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Be blessed.